Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. We have been asking Limerick Today listeners on Live 95's Facebook page, how do you feel about the news we're likely to experience electricity blackouts this winter? Grace says, the more blackouts, the better. It will lessen our bills while driving us back to the Stone Ages. Nora Mary says, a pure joke um, and uh, shouldn't be the case. Mag says, I think the funny part is that they're pushing people to change to electric cars. How will they charge? Same with new bills or no gas or oil, all heat pumps. Christy says people won't be able to afford electricity by the sound of things, so there'll be plenty for those who can. Missy says, yet they want us to buy electric cars. And Matt says, uh, I wonder who uh, the government will blame for this uh, to try and deflect blame. And Karen says, uh, it's a joke. Uh, Can't leave people in the dark. It's ridiculous, Joe. But the government is saying they can't rule out widespread electricity blackouts, but every effort will be made to avoid them. So how do we get here? Dermot Jewell from the Consumers Association is on the line to chat to us right at the start of the programme. Good morning to you, Dermot. Morning, Joe. Nice to talk to you. You too. Why are we facing this problem then? It, it's a mixture of a number of issues. Um, and and it's, a, it's an interesting, I, I think, um, reflection that everybody is asking that question because there's been no lead into it. It just suddenly appeared. So I suppose what's happened is COVID had an impact on it to the degree that um, that very little happened in, in the sense of maintenance work. Um, and we have a problem where two gas-fired power plants, one at Huntstown in Dublin, one in Whitegate in Cork, they were allowed to close down because they required urgent maintenance and there was nobody there to, to maintain them. They weren't allowed because of restrictions. But now... And, and it's, really, it's important to note, they would provide 15% of the, of the generation that we need of energy. So that's been missing, and it's currently missing. But the advice has been for a number of, of, of weeks, and uh, sorry, a number of months and now weeks, that they are going to be completed with repairs and reopen between October now and November. So that's a degree of positivity. The other element was that... Um, with the difficulties going on in the a with COVID and b with with um, the breakdown of of Brexit, um, there was limited interconnectivity between the UK grid and our good selves again because of their problems with with the usual capacity. And then the other one is that because we've moved to some form of renewable sources and we've come to a, a point of of reliance on wind, we had great weather and there wasn't enough generation of wind. So. What's happened there is, in in all honesty, I think somebody let this slide far too far away, um, and we're now in, I won't say a crisis point, but let's back this off and try to instill some sort of confidence into the market, of which there's not a lot there, because every single comment that that your listeners have said there is absolutely um, reliable. Um, You have to agree with it, and it beggars belief that we've been put into this position with all the the so-called positive news about renewable energy, and it's the way forward, and we're there, and we're nearly there, we're doing great things, buying an electric car and plugging into what? I couldn't agree more. And I have to say, I think that the approach to helping consumers understand the issues around energy, its cost, its generation, and real-life examples, they've been missed out and we've just been dictated to, which is very poor. Yeah, the timing is a massive issue for the government as well, isn't it? After it is, the yeah. COVID winter just gone, 
the idea that we could now suddenly be facing into a winter of power cuts on top of that. That would have been a big story at any point. But right now, it's fair to say that the mood among the public is grumpy. It is, and quite correctly so, because, um, as I say, of, of all of the times to, to, to try to mind your health and keep warm and be able to cook and eat as you need to, as we, as to stay well, this is, this is probably one of the key ones in all of our lives. So it, it's not a good place to be. I, I, I don't think I'm over-egging it now, and I don't intend to. I'm just I'm a bit like another, another number of people. John, I've been annoyed about this because we shouldn't be hearing this at this time so late in the day. So what's going to have to happen is, I mean, there are plans to, 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 to close a number of oil-fired um, and, and coal-burning plants um, very shortly. The, the reality of life, and it's literally those words, the reality of life is going to have to do days that I know we have to have, um, you know, a, a significant um, change of 70% of renewables by 2030. But if, 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 we, if we're to be slow in getting there and increase it in, in 2025 or 26, then fine, let's do that. We cannot have people out of uh, out of energy at any stage, either this year or over the next three, as that, that, that report from Airgrid suggested. Yeah, I was uh, driving in the vicinity of Money Point uh, over the last week or so and thinking to myself, well, that's somewhere that we're going to depend on for a little bit longer, that's for sure. And the other point You're right. is the talk of uh, bank holiday. It sounds like we might get it, but we'll be in the dark for it. Um, which is, there you go. Oh, I know, but another element as well, again, and I suppose the Consumer Association of Ireland will have to start trying to engage with others to do this as well. There's got to be better, um, as I say, examples of how to move on and how to, more importantly, how to affordably move on because, you know, having having a 70% renewable target by 2030 is only nine years away and even the, many average consumers, if they were tried to try and save over nine years, they still cannot afford um, the systems that are required to change in their homes. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be better grants and better ways of moving this forward. Yeah, the other point is there's been quite a bit of smoke and mirrors, and it's often the case, but it's particularly acute um, at the moment in the build-up to the budget, and we're hearing about the things that we may all get. But one of the reasons for that is they are committed on the energy side, to putting up taxes, aren't they? That is going to happen, and that will hit us in the pocket just at the point we're hearing that we mightn't have the energy coming through to our homes that we would normally expect. You're entirely right. That's exactly it. Um, and it's all, it's, it's, it's not even smoke and mirrors. There's, there's a, a massive degree of positive. You're only hearing the positive side of what might come. You know, oh, there will be an allowance, there will be an increase, and we'll do that, and we'll work the other way. Um, whilst in the background, there's a bigger plan, and that plan has got to be met as, as, a, as a country which has signed up to an agreement of hitting a target by 2030. So there's a lot riding on all of this, but it's got to be understood. Citizens count, regardless of what the plan is. They cannot be marginalised. They cannot be put in a position where they're not they're not going, their, their health or their wealth or anything is going to suffer. And I won't even say wealth, by that I mean affordability of the basics of life and heating and electricity and light is a very standard basic beyond belief these days. I mean, we have to have it. Um, and I think realistically, one of the big answers in the background of this is what the data centres are going to do to meet 
their requirements because they are going to demand 25% of all of the energy created by 2030, that nine-year gap, and they have got to contribute significantly in whatever way is necessary um, to show that they're, they're, they're playing their part and it's not all at the cost of, if you want to call it, of the citizen. Yeah, we're chatting to Dermot Jewell from the Consumers Association. Also on the line is former Limerick councillor and current member of People Before Profit, Kean Prenderville, who feels that data centres could be at the centre of this problem. Good morning to you, Kean. Good morning, Joe. How are things? So um, we heard there from uh, Dermot Jewell uh, how significant the electricity usage of data centres is. So what are you proposing? Yeah, so data centres already are using 11% of energy produced in Ireland. And that is, under the government's plans, that's going to triple in the next couple of years. So, some experts independently reported to the uh, Climate Change Committee in the Dáil this week that actually, by the end of the decade, uh, data centres could be using a majority of all energy produced in Ireland unless action is, is taken. And, and the problem there is like, Yes, there's, there's some, there's not enough, but there is some investment in Ireland in renewable energy. But if you're increasing the production of renewable energy at the same time as you're rapidly increasing the draw on energy, then you're sort of, you're walking up a down escalator. You know, you're, you're moving forward, but you're actually only staying still, really. Um, or in this case, we're going backwards. Um, so we're saying, if you for profit, that we need to tackle um, this rapid expansion of data centres. Um, let's be clear. A lot of the actions and a lot of what's going on in these data centres isn't socially useful and positive stuff. A lot of this stuff that's going on in these data centres is pushing uh, ads, tracking people's actions across the internet, uh, um, that sort of surveillance stuff that nobody... So just to be clear about this, because people are hearing about it and and sometimes we automatically assume that everyone understands um, what the purpose of a data centre is. It's the physical manifestation of the famous cloud in computing, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Uh, the cloud isn't in the sky, it's, it's, it's in these data centres. It's in Ireland, it but, turned out. <laughs> well, yeah, disproportionately. And that's another point, is that Ireland already, like that 11% figure that I gave, the EU average is about 2%. So Ireland already has a disproportionate amount of our energy going to these data centres. But it's not just the, like, the things that people enjoy and use. It's not just your YouTubes or whatever, uh, your Netflixes. A big chunk of what actually happens in data centres and uses lots of energy is the analytics, the crunching of data, and the tracking of people's actions across the internet. But presumably, algorithmic logging stuff. That presumably, we have no, key and credible. There, no there was um, a policy attached to this. That there was a view that it was in the economic interests of Ireland to have these data centres. It does seem like that decision was taken, uh, and that the government policy has been to promote these, but they're very, very... In terms of environmental impact, they're massive. In terms of their draw on water, they're massive. Like, one data centre uses more water and electricity than a large town, or like such as Sligo or, or Kilkenny. Uh, um, uh, but one data centre provides maybe 20, 30, or 40 jobs. They're not, they're not massive in terms of that. And the other part of it, is when we're talking about the need to build housing, People for Profit is pushing for a rapid public house building program. And one of the things the government says is, oh, well, we don't have enough construction workers. But part of the problem there is surely construction workers should be busy building public housing rather than building Mm. data centres. So do you believe then, from People Before Profit's point of view, that there should be a ban on any further data centres in Ireland? 
Yeah, we've uh, yesterday we moved our, our bill, which would, for the duration of the climate emergency, until we tackle the climate crisis that we're facing, until we get to a, a zero carbon uh, um, uh, situation, that we should stop um, the construction of these data centres. We already have a disproportionate amount. We already have more uh, um, than we really need and far beyond the EU average. Um, and we're saying, yes, that there should be a ban on those. And instead, we should be investing in building Right. And, and what would you say to Pat, who's just been in touch with us on 0861239595, he's WhatsApped us, to say, is Keen saying we want another wave of job losses and a stop to technology? Data centres are part of the future full stop. Well, first of all, our bill wouldn't close any of the existing data centres. That's not what it's about. But also, like the amount of jobs in data centres, let's be clear, is very, very small, especially if you compare it to what we would be pushing for, which would be a Green New Deal, public investment in, in creating uh, renewable, sustainable jobs, things like increasing the amount of uh, public homes, uh, retrofitting housing, but also in improving health care, so the amount of workers in health and education, which are like very limited in terms of their carbon impact. That's the direction we need to be going in. Rather than becoming the world leader in uh, the dirty industry of data centres, we should be the world leader in renewable energy in sustainable uh, uh, construction materials. Right. Uh, Kean Prendival with us uh, there, a former Limerick councillor and uh, still member of People Before Profit. And uh, we also have Dermot Jewell from the Consumers Association uh, still with us. Uh, Philip is saying, uh, what are all the people to do with electric cars when power cuts are planned? Um, I have an electric car for the first time ever and now this it's a joke, says James. Um, on the other side, Mary says, candles are cool and romantic. Bring it on, says Mary. Well, I suppose you can turn off the light in your own house if you wish, but the rest of us don't have to join when it's not maybe as romantic for us. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, Sophia asks Dermot Jewell, is this a distraction tactic? Um, all the issues the country has, let's talk about electricity blackouts, but simply as a distraction, says Sophia. What about that, Dermot? It's an interesting point um, because um, it, it, it could be, but having said all that, um, there, there is a background problem, maybe not this year, but certainly, in, as they say, in winters ahead. But the, 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 we've got to get to a point. So it, I, I take what she's saying, but we've got to get to a point, as, and, and I, I, this may sound terribly simplistic, but there does need to be a point where the minister... Um, responsible and or the entire government can give a guarantee to consumers that we're at a point that they've made plans that there will be no outages. Now, I appreciate weather, etc. can have other things, but by means of creation we sh of, of energy, we should not have um, out outages. And we need to have a point where they can guarantee that. And I, I, I think that's what we need to demand. One other point, you know, if they are doing a planned rollout of electricity cuts, will it be, frankly, more vulnerable areas, possibly more rural areas that get hit first? But the multinationals will still get their supply of electricity. And obviously, you have to make sure that hospitals and other emergency services yes. continue to be supplied. Well, this is the problem. Um, you, would, you would generally think that an outage would be non-discriminate. But again... Interestingly, in connection with what has been said there um, previously, there is every opportunity that this will be planned. And I, 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 I doubt I'm wrong. I would be sure that somebody is looking at a map already. 
um, to consider if there is to be an issue, where do we have to pr- protect, where do we have to prioritise, and who's going to suffer in what area first. Um, that that should not be the case. That's why I'm saying we've got to get to a point of, as I say, stop closing plants if it's necessary. I know it's 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 a, it's a problem. I know they cause problems um, and difficulties for for all of us. But in that in the key element of protecting yourself and pr- providing for the citizens of the country in, in what they've been paying for for years and require now um, for every element of life, um, we've got to be given a guarantee. And, and finally, Dermot, in your view, having watched all of these situations for a long time, and obviously, you know, consumer issues inside out, but politically, do you think that if this were to happen for more than a week, that it was something that happened over, let's say, a month of the winter, it could cause a government to fall? In all honesty, I think so, yes, because it's far too serious an issue and it's far too personal to every voter in the country. All right. Thank you very much for that, Dermot Jewell. Always great to chat to you from the Consumers Association. Thank you also to former Limerick councillor and member of People Before Profit, Kian Prenderville. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.